Welcome to the Finding Success Show, where we interview successful people so you can learn what it takes to find your own success in business and in life. Coming to you live from the Jersey Shore with your host, Justin Bosak, Abram Covella, and Steve Libman. Welcome, everybody, to the Finding Success Radio Show. We're looking for those people that are seeking it, have found it, failed at it, overcome to get it, and what the various definitions are of it. So we're just here to have an open, honest conversation with guests about the principles that have helped them achieve success that they were looking for and how we can apply these principles to our own lives. So let's start with the crew. We have Abe Covella, Justin Bozak, owners of Remax Revolution. What's up, boys? What's hey, up, man? Dude? So we are excited. Uh, my name is Steve Libman, managing partner of Integrity Holdings Group. We're a commercial real estate investment firm, but more than titles, more than the titans of industry, we're growth-oriented men seeking to be the better version of ourselves today that we were yesterday. We just want to share the ups and downs of our own successes and our own failures and what we've learned along the way. So thanks for joining us. So let's start off with uh, just some background. Boys, this is pretty exciting. We get to share some of what, oh, we've, what we've learned. So yeah. Justin, take it away. Absolutely. So uh, Justin Bozak here, um, resident of uh, Thompsonville, New Jersey, uh, 38 years old, married, four children. Uh, four? In, yeah, buddy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Leave her alone. Busy life. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I got in the real estate industry back in 2004. Um, prior to that, I was uh, a young kid, you know, in college, kind of f- trying to figure out what I wanted to do. First job out of college? Uh, no, third. Okay. Um, so if you want to go all the way back, we want to go back to 16 years old. Oh, yeah. McDonald's baby. Yes, yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've all had that experience, right? Yeah, started there. You can't work in retail. You can't be <laughs> successful. I'm, I'm sure of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it gives you a good foundation. I mean, it's a great operation. Um, as far as the company goes, you know, it was very structured and uh, worked a lot. I uh, worked my way up to manager before I graduated high school, which was, you know, kind of a big deal because a lot of people didn't even have jobs back then. Yeah, man. But for me, you know, in order for me to, you know, dress nicely, you know, I, I had to work. That's you right, know, man. My, my <laughs> parents, uh, fresh duds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Aero Pastel back in the day, you know. Nice. In the, in the lugs. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, from there, I, I moved on to uh, uh, another retail position, Aldi's in management. I uh, went up to uh, Roselle Park, uh, helped run a city store, uh, made great money, but, you know, I was working uh, 6, you know, a.m. till about like 8, 9, 10 uh, at night, you know, salary positions. So, you know, they got you for 70, 80 hours a week, you know, and uh, uh, plus the commute. So... Uh, I figured out pretty quickly, all right, what's the next position? Supervisor, you need a four-year degree. I'm like, I didn't get one of those. So, okay. you know, went back to saying, went back to the drawing board and said, I can't do this forever. Sure. Um, real estate was something that uh, I had done a little study on in high school, did a little report on what do you want to be when you get older. Uh, figured, you know, I got to have some kind of foundation, some kind of background. Um, you can't just get out of high school and start doing real estate or you can, but you know, it's, it's hard, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're working for free. You know, I, th- I think, I think you're right, man. I think you definitely got to get some, a little, some life experiences right, right. And, and understand a little bit more and build networks because your friends are going to be buying houses at that, at that age. <laughs> right, right. Not too many of them. So, What's your sphere? Yeah. We just graduated. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We're looking to party. Give me a cappuccino. <laughs> right. So from there, uh, you know, hopped into real estate and that's where I met this guy over here. Abram, um, in 2004, he was there a little bit before me. 
and uh, just figured out, hey, what do I need to do? It was a salaried position, which was good. Um, it wasn't much salary, but, uh, you know, we got a little commission, you know, weekly for uh, booking appointments, setting appointments, and, and that kind of success. Okay. Uh, and then just grew from there. You know, the company closed. Hammer and phones? Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, all day, every day. Um, that was a, that was the game. I wasn't the best, but I just probably made the most calls. I was in the office longer. I was the last one in. Right. Our first one, first one in, last one out. That yeah. was just the mentality because, you know, I had to, I, I was like, I came in right when they started the department into the company. So they had already lined up everybody that they wanted to, you know, to roll out. They had all their training. And I was like, I got I to gotta get over there because that's where the money's at. So, you know, I kind of, you know, forced my way, um, broke down the door, got in, and then, uh, you know, just had to work a little bit harder than everybody else. So, and then uh, company closed. So uh, that was unfortunate. The uh, financial. Uh, when was that? Eight, nine? That was uh, 2007. Yeah, 2007. Yeah. September 2007. Yeah, at that time I was a buyer's agent. Um, so I was out uh, showing homes and doing a lot of deals. I was doing, you know, 40, 50 deals back then and not knowing kind of like that was kind of crazy, um, especially, you know, being only a couple of years in the business. But, uh, yeah, we had to start over, you know, once the, uh, the market collapsed. Sure. Then uh, formed the Ocean Six Group with a couple of my uh, compadres from, uh, from Foxton's. And then, nice, uh, Foxton's <laughs> throwback. Yeah. And rolled it into a, a company, and we've just been working hard ever since. And you know, I, I feel like we're just starting. Honestly, you know, I think we're, uh, we're we've got so much more left that that we want to do, and uh, you know, that's uh, that's where we're at now. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll go over this over the next couple of weeks too. But like, right. you know, you've had some failed partnerships. You've had oh, some yeah. ones that worked out. You guys yeah. have just recently rebranded, right, and started right. up your yeah. own office. How many how many agents in your office now? We just hit about 51, man. So, yeah, I mean, no, no small feat, right? So from hammering phones at Foxton's to right. managing 50 people, right, and educating them and getting them in a growth-oriented mindset to help them find success. So yeah. we'll, I'm sure we're going to touch a lot on that. But, yeah, you guys have done it. You've, you've kind of, over the last 15 years, have touched on a lot of different ups and downs, and that's, that's what it's all about, right, persistence. Yeah, absolutely. So cool. Abe? I guess similar story, right? Yeah, similar, a little, little, little different. But uh, my name's Abe Cavella. I'm uh, 38 years old. I got three children. I got a lovely fiance at home, and ten pets. It, it's it's 10? Pr- ten. Ten pets. Ten pets. I, it's, it, <laughs> I didn't know it was ten. I didn't know that either. I know it's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Three dogs, two frogs, four guinea pigs, hamster. I don't recommend it. Birds? No birds. <laughs> yeah. No birds. No oh, birds. Thank I got. No, but I mean, you know, I, I, I feel like my story is kind of almost on the same track as, as Justin. Um, the only difference is, is uh, you know, right out of school, I was like, so mindset, I was like, you know, what? I want to get a computer science degree, you know. So I worked hard, got, went to, uh, went to OCC, got my two-year degree in there, um, was working a bunch of part-time jobs in between. So I started Roy Rogers when I was 16. And, you know, I was always had the growth mindset it was like, if there was a better paying opportunity somewhere else, I hopped, sure. you know? So like someone's like, oh, I'll pay 50 cents more an hour. I'm like, I'm moving there. It didn't matter, you know, what that job was. I just, you know, knew I needed to make more money as much as possible. Um, worked my way through computer science degree. Um, and then I wanted to advance it. Uh, went to Brick Computer Science to, to further my degree. And I learned about halfway through. I started at Foxton's. Um, I was there when they first started. It was actually YHD. I fell in love with real estate, 
And halfway through Brick Computer Science, I, they, I saw that they were outsourcing a lot of jobs. It was during that period of time that the tech industry was uh, like sourcing everything to India, and I mean at one fifth the cost. You mm-hmm. know, so it was like job that I was looking to get into at a hundred thousand was now paying twenty. You know, so at the time. I was doing real well in real estate, you know, and I was like, I love this, you know, and uh, so I finished Brick Computer Science Institute just because I'm not a quitter, you know, I wanted to at least finish it, but got that, and then I kind of just been in real estate since. I loved it. Um, was with Justin until Foxins closed down. Um, I've been in it now. I'm going on my 18th year. Actually, I just hit my 18th year, which is pretty crazy. And um, you know, when Foxins closed down in 2007, we we formed the team. Um, we had the team, and we still have actually the team. It's going on over 12 years now. And, uh, you know, now we've been owners for four years, and we just went through the rebranding, as you touched on a little bit in January. We're about 51 agents. So it's been a great story. Um, and, uh, you know, we love it. You know, so it's, it's what we're doing. That's cool. You know what I heard in that story that I want to point out to our listeners, too, is like, the security that people look for in a regular job. Right. Right. You were going for a computer science degree. Right. You wanted to go get a nine to five, safe, stable, secure job. Economics changed. Yep. And all of a sudden it's not that stable anymore. People people have looked at me as an entrepreneur now for the last decade and they're like, Well, aren't you afraid of what could happen? Yeah. And I mean I have friends with doctorates that can't find work in their particular field because of a change in technology or a shift in the economics Absolutely. of that particular business. So, you know, for me, the the most risky thing is to get a job. Yeah. Right. Now that we all work for ourselves and, you know, the most successful people that I know in my life have worked for themselves and not to say that you can't get a nine to five and have some safety and security yeah. and a consistent paycheck, but you need to u- use that earned income to start creating some other income. Otherwise your security is, kind of yeah. on the line, right? You don't underestimate so. the networking part of it either. I mean, my second job was because of my first job. I don't get in the door at the second job if I didn't take the first job at McDonald's. And the second job at 20 years old, I'm making like 70 grand a year, Yeah, which is unheard of. Like, you know, most kids are still in college at that point. Right. But I don't get in the door if I don't, you know, he, he got in the door first. He was, he, you know, he was older. Yep. He worked his butt off and they, he said, hey, we're looking to hire more people. He said, hey, I, I know somebody. I'll bring them in. Yeah. So... That's awesome. How about you, Steve? So I want to give a little background where you started and, and how you uh, formed the Integrity Group. Sure, yeah. So uh, like you guys, right, I started in real estate as a broker. Mm-hmm. I was an agent doing uh, REO brokerage, and I was trying to sell some investment properties to some investors, and I saw that they were doing it, and I figured, hey, I, I think I could do this too. Yeah. Um, I graduated Boston University in 2004. Sounds like um, you know we, we all kind of did some different education routes, but- the four-year degree was great. Um, What'd you get? What was your degree in? It was in sociology, so okay. I figured I'd always go into sales and the study of human interaction. I always figured oh, it would nice, give man. me a good idea yeah. of what that looked like. Plus, I so I value a liberal arts education. I don't think it needs to be super specialized, and I've found a lot of people that were having success in the marketplace that didn't necessarily go into what their degree was in. So I figured, hey, let's let's do a liberal arts degree. Um, Came out of college and dabbled in a couple of things. I worked in Manhattan for about a year and a half. The commute was terrible. Uh, landed in real estate, started doing some some work for some investors and figured, yeah, I could flip some houses. And we started Integrity in 2011. 
2012, Hurricane Sandy decimated our area. So it hit the pause button on that uh, investment vehicle for a little bit of time. It created some opportunity on the back end of it, but it was painful sure. while we went through it. Oh, yeah. Right? We all went through it. Um, and yeah, so we started doing some wholesaling, which for those that don't know, it's basically locking up a contract and then selling that contract to another investor for a small fee. Um, and then we started doing some flips. You know, I always tell the story like our first flip, we wrote a thousand dollar deposit check and it would have bounced if they cashed it. You know, so we, we bootstrapped this business, um, you know, from a thousand dollar check that would have bounced to, uh, you know, doing multiple millions of dollars a year last year. Yeah. It's so it's been, it's been an incredible journey. We have moved now from the residential space into the commercial real estate investment space, buying uh, apartment complexes and building self storage facilities around the country. So, you know, Ohio, Iowa, Florida, we don't actually do a lot in our backyard because it's difficult to find cash flow here. Right. Great place to flip, not necessarily to hold, right? Mm -hmm. Not exactly a landlord friendly state, <laughs> right? So um, now we're helping other people uh, invest with purpose through our business so that they can choose where they want to put their own investments, secure their own retirement, get off of the roller coaster ride that is the stock market. Yep. You know, my dad passed away about six years ago and he lost about half of his wealth in the downturn. And then he passed away, so we didn't get to ride the market back up. And it just really made me start looking at, okay, so what's retirement look like if all of my eggs are in this Wall Street basket that I have yeah. zero control over? So we started looking at real estate where you can really control the income. You know, every month there's the rent is due and you can increase and decrease expenses and net operating incomes in a way. So. Now we're just educating people that they can themselves invest in those types of deals. I think a lot of people don't know that they can take control of their own finances in that way. And that's what integrity is all about. You know, we're, we're trying to help people retire faster, better, and in a more secure, safe environment than, you know, the stock market is. You guys have done it at a really quick pace. I mean, I remember when we first met, you know, and it's what, you know, maybe five, five years ago. Yeah. Right. So five you years ago, were we were just getting out of swinging the hammers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah. And we've done that, right. We've yeah. scraped the windows and swung, swung yeah. the hammers and yeah. it was a lot of work. And then we started to, you know, we found some mentors that were doing more deals than we ever thought possible. Hundreds of deals a year. And, you know, we, we got around these guys, mentors changed everything, right? They gave us the blueprint. We were going to go implement like monsters. So let's go do that. So we did. And, you know, we went from in 2016 doing 16 deals to over a hundred deals the next year, you know, doing $200,000 to over seven figures in revenue in just a year's time, you know, and um, it changed a lot. And then this year, 2019, it's, uh, you know, the end of 2019, but over the last 12 months, we've built and or acquired over $75 million worth of commercial assets. So it has been, uh, it's been impressive. a hockey stick, you know, where it's nice going along, going along, and then all of a sudden it starts to swing up pretty quickly. So the systems, right? I mean, in the implementation. So it's just like you said, I mean, you're, you're the one who put me on the podcast. I remember, you know, we met at a, one of the houses you were flipping one day and uh, you put me onto a podcast and I'm like, I didn't even know what podcasts were back then. So I was like, I wonder if there's a real estate podcast. You know, oh, yeah. that's kind of like how, that's what shaped our business. Sure. You know, a lot of the things that we've implemented, you know, we don't have a personal coach per se, but you know, I listen to a lot of people that have, you know, done it. Um, and I kind of look for the future, you know, and see kind of what's com coming around the corner, and what we can do to protect our company and to, to build our company uh, in a way that, you know, we don't think we'll, we'll get hurt. If there's a downturn in the market, 
I think we're kind of waiting for it, sure. you know, because we know a lot of agents are going to get out of the business. Yeah. Uh, but we think that our agents will be able to increase business during that time. So we're, we're pretty excited for the future. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of like the first principle that of success that we should talk about, right? Is finding other people that are doing it better yes. than you and replicating what they do. Like, right. None of us are in, you know, the, there's nothing new underneath the sun. There's no reason so to reinvent the wheel. I mean, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You, you can just go find somebody that's doing it exactly better than you right. are right. and find them and say, hey, I need some help with this. So how do I do it? The, now, where this falls off for a lot of people, right? And this is where like Carlton Sheets back in the day got a bad name because he was telling people, you could buy these houses, no money down. Well, I've probably bought and sold over 500 houses without any money in the deal. So it's not that it doesn't work, right? It was that people thought it was a scam or they didn't know right. how to do it. So right. it's really digging in and then implementing those systems. So there, there's a lot of great information out there, but it doesn't mean anything if you don't go and implement that stuff, right? I can listen to podcasts all day and read a thousand books. It's not going to make me successful, right? I, I got to get out and do the work. I got to go out and put the time in and implement yeah. those those things that I didn't know about before that are going to make me successful now. Absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of people get stuck in their own comfort. You know, they, they're too afraid to take that leap. You know, they see something like, ah, you know, that's too risky. I don't want to do that. You know, and at the end of the day, you know, all the most successful people out there, even most of the millionaires, they've taken that risk, you know, and it's not necessarily a risk that's going to destroy you, but it's, you got to take a leap sometimes. Sure. And, you know, and again, like you were saying before, there's no reason to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to be, a, you don't have to try to create original content. There's podcasts, there's videos, there's books, you know, thrive on that, read it, absorb it. Um, and you can create a blend almost, you know, yeah, like there, there's absolutely. a single person that I say like, this is our business follows this person's business. It's a blend of multiple people. And you just have to find out like, you know, what's the best thing from that person that I right. can take. If you could grab one integral part of anything, you know, even when you go to, a Tony Robbins seminar, you know, with Tony Robbins, great. You know, it's rah, rah, rah and everything. But every time you go there, I always walk away with something. You know, if you can walk away with one thing from anything and yeah. just apply that and mesh that. Well, the key is implementation. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do about it now? That's right. You know, it feels great now, but now go do something. Exactly. And I think the humility to know that you don't know everything is important, oh, right? When you're going to these events. Totally, man. Like totally. you have to be, you have to go in with an open mind and go, I, I don't know everything. So I'm going to, I'm here to learn. And mm -hmm. if I can learn one thing that could exactly. pivot my business just a little bit. I mean, I remember when we joined our mentorship group, uh, I have a buddy, his name is Bill. And he was a, uh, he was a military pilot. He was training people how to fly Black Hawk helicopters. Mm. And he started his flip business from the sky, basically. So he had to create all these systems and processes that I I didn't have, but he needed them because he was doing exactly. another job, yeah. Yeah. right? Wow. And I started taking some of what he was doing and implementing it into my business. It completely changed the dynamic of my business. And I started treating it in a way where it was like, well, what would happen if I didn't come into work tomorrow? Will the business be able to carry on? Right. And he was doing the same thing. He was out of pocket for a week at a clip. So, you know, you start to learn from these people and what they're doing and going, yeah, I can implement that in my business and here's how it's going to save me time, money, or make me more income, more profit, whatever. And yeah, so having the humility to get there and ask Absolutely. the questions and find out, that's, that's a big piece of this. And I think it's easy to think 
you know everything. I mean, there's plenty of people in my business where I, I make a suggestion. I, yeah, I, I know all about that. I know all, all right. about that, Steve. Not open and it's like, learning. those are not my people, right? right? Yeah. I mean, my people are the guys that are like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. you know what else I heard, right? And kind of what we're doing here, right. which is just having the conversation about what are we learning? What can we implement? What's going to make us more successful? Exactly. And it's it's not that difficult, right? But you have to have the right mindset. I, I, th- I think ultimately some people they let their ego overtake them you know, it's like sure. you know I don't want to I don't want to change anything I don't want to do anything you're listening to the finding success show the Jersey Shore's best oldies betrayal Americans have a deep respect for our military and a deep desire to show them the gratitude that they deserve. When those serving so far away receive a small gift box of personal care items and greetings, they know America is behind them. Always Supporting Our Military is a new nonprofit of retired volunteers that meets weekly to send packages to our troops overseas. They need your help to raise money for postage and for items. Each box of toiletries, snacks, and food takes about $18 to send, and they rely totally on donations. Will you help? They greatly appreciate any donations to the cost of postage or supplies like small bottles of shampoo, lotion, mints, and more. Please visit Always Supporting Our Military on Facebook. Email PASRmilitary at yahoo.com or call 908-278-9561. That's 908-278-9561. Every little bit helps. We've been fighting the war on drugs for a long time. We answer the phone 24-7, 365 days a year. On a busy night, we answer hundreds of calls. This war on drugs needs our intervention. Since 2014, Addiction Hope and Helpline has helped people struggling with drugs and alcohol. When the phone rings, we help people when they need it the most. When we get a caller into treatment, it feels good. It's a blessing. If you're struggling, drinking, using, and need to get clean, don't suffer alone in silence. Call Addiction Hope and Helpline. Our people understand, and many are also in recovery. Call for support and strength. You can call for someone who can't or isn't willing. It's an act of love. Together we can help you beat this thing and erase addiction from your vocabulary once and for all. Call 800-490-1630. You're listening to the Finding Success Show. So yeah, this is a this is a rabbit hole, right? We could talk about the ego and humility and so let's let's reframe it a little bit and start kind of top of the funnel. What is success? Right? What do we define it as? Well, Abe, I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> what is success to you? How, so let me give you this the Merriam-Webster definition, 12 which pets. is <laughs> 10 pets, <laughs> maybe 12. We're getting 12 there. 12 pets, yeah. Um, so the definition is the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, success is being able to find a balance in family, life, and faith, you know? So you know, if you're able to find that balance, I think you'll live a healthy and successful life. Um, you know, ultimately for us and, and for me personally, you know, I love the fact that I can help other people grow and and I could and be able to apply things I learned and, and be able to help them grow. But, you know, from the time that we started to where we are now, um, and, and I constantly look at this and analyze this, you know, there's only so much time in the day, you know? 
So, I mean, we're sitting there, we look, we, you know, I think ultimately I th- I've read so many different books. Some of the most successful people, they wake up at five, five, five in the morning or four 30 in the morning because they can get their books read in the morning. They can get themselves adjusted to start the day. And I've been starting to, I've been starting to apply myself and waking up earlier, mm. get myself situated, get myself ready. You know, I get the kids out the door and then it's like, I'm game. You know, especially with family, right? Oh, the, those mornings are kind of chaotic. Right. So if you're not, you know, Jocko Willink wakes up at 434, right? If you yeah. guys aren't listening to the Jocko podcast, the definitely watch. grab it. <laughs> Four, 434 and, you know, it's, uh, he wakes up and he's good to go. But, you know, I, I don't wake up that early. Right. I am starting to get on a regimen to get some time to myself in the morning. I think right. it's important to set yourself up for success in the day. Oh, Absolutely. Everybody knows that panic feeling mm-hmm. where you wake up and you're behind the eight ball. Oh God! Oh, it's, it's the, the worst. worst. It's the worst, right? So, anyway, so that's that's a great definition of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, ultimately, you know, I think if you're trying to figure out that balance, you're. I think good things will come. You know, if find find the balance where you you can have that time with your family, where you're coaching your kids' games, or you're making those concerts, you're taking them on trips, but at the same time, you're time managing your work life. To a point where you're thriving, and uh, and obviously you can't forget. You know, faith is huge. Um, I don't know what I would do without my faith. I actually have a great story. I, I, I tell this to everyone. Um, I have a very unique name. So my name's Abram, right? You know, usually you see a lot of people with Abraham or so forth, but I'm Italian. So a lot of people, you know, they they seem they're like you're Jewish, right? And I'm like, no. And I get a lot of people like Happy Hanukkah. I'm like. I'm not Jewish. It's all right. Thank you. Know, you. No big deal. <laughs> you Thank do. you. Thank I'm you. A, I'm a Christmas sweater very kind of guy. Um, <laughs> He's got his rocking his Christmas sweater. Right, right. I'm rocking my Christmas sweater. Um, but yeah, going back to when my mom was pregnant, I mean, ninth month, and this is, you know, going back a while ago, and, you know, my dad wanted to name me Charles after himself. You know, I was going to be a Charles Jr. Thank God for that. Oh, I did, that didn't happen. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, we were literally on the ninth month, and my mom has this dream and in the dream God came to her and said you shall name your son Abram so she wakes up she tells my dad this and he's like he's like we gotta go talk to people you know so he's like he meets with like priests he's meeting they're like you can't defy God you gotta, you gotta do this <laughs> you right? gotta do so it, you gotta do it. <laughs> so um, you know I, I you know I obviously I got the name Abram the only Abram in my family but then obviously when I had my first son I was like I gotta pass this name down you know but I always felt like I had this higher purpose in life, you know, mm. that whether it's to lead, maybe I don't know what that purpose is yet, but I feel like at this point in my life, there's so many people that appreciate us, they're growing with us, they're gravitating around us, and I'm excited for the future, man, you know? So I think family, uh, work, and 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 and, and uh, faith are critical elements of finding that balance. You find that balance, things kind of go with your way. Yeah, maybe we'll do a show on this in the future, Success Principles of the Bible. I know that we're all faithful guys. There right. are a ton of applicable, you know, principles from the Bible where, you know, success comes from and you can build on that foundation. Oh, absolutely. It's um, some of the most successful people I know are certainly faithful. Um, I think you need to be as an entrepreneur at some point to be able to take that leap into the unknown, right? And to have some risk and be able to not rely on yourself and to rely on on God. So yeah, I, um, I think that that's a big part of all of our lives. And I think it's a big part of all of our journeys as well. But, uh, but how about you, Justin? I mean, we can talk about faith for, for days, but how about how you see and define, 
you know, success in your life personally? Yeah. So it's finding out what kind of makes you go and tick, you know, to, to be happy, you know, at the end of the day, are you, are you happy with what you're doing? You know, did you look back and did you make a difference? You know, are, are you helping people out? So, um, for me, it's, it's, it's become a blend because I'm doing so many things now. Um, I, I kind of learned early on when, uh, my son was at an age where he could play t-ball and I was like, I, don't have money. I got to work more. And then I just, you know, said, listen, I'll just trust it. I'm just going to, if I'm going to, if he's going to play ball, I'm going to coach. That's it. You know, and I'll just figure it out, you know, and, uh, you know, from there, um, really the, the worry wasn't there. I just found the time, you know, so it was like, it was something that I wanted to do, but I was scared, but I figured it out. You yeah. Know? You made and the time. It, it may, yeah. You make the time, you know, so don't be afraid to make commitments, you know, to, to your children and to your family. Um, that, you know, may on, on the outset look like, you know, this is going to cost me money. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Sometimes you just got to have that faith, you know, to, to step forward and step into it. And, and nobody ever says on their deathbed, man, I wish I spent more time at work. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wish I showed more homes. 100%. You know? <laughs> 100%. But with that, I mean, you create relationships, you know, so that was the part that was like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. You know, you have other coaches and other kids and the families and stuff like that. So you create those relationships. And as you create more relationships, it actually leads into more business. So, I mean, I look at it like, well, if I didn't do it, I think, you know, I probably would have lost money. Yeah, sure. But I gained the time with my son, you know, and we, we, we did something together, which is cool. Um, and then after that, I kind of started saying yes to a lot of different things. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, man. So, yeah. Jim Carrey movie. That's, <laughs> pretty doing much, that's pretty much it. So I'm on a building committee for, for my church. Um, New Beginnings Christian Church in uh, in Brick, and uh, you know we're, we're making some pretty well, big moves. Well, and something you didn't bring up during the intro portion was you're also the co-chair of a nonprofit locally. Correct. Yeah. Right. Tell us a little bit about that organization and kind of what you're doing with that and how that is playing into your definition of success. Sure. Sure. So the Field of Dreams is just an amazing visionary uh, project by uh, Christian Kane. Um, so. Uh, I'm going to call him a local hero because uh, we're going to get this thing built and done, and it's going to be one of the most amazing special needs parks in the entire United States. Uh, so that's going to be done in 2020. Um, so Christian's son, uh, unfortunately, you know, he he suffered a traumatic brain injury. They were in a, a terrible car accident, and uh, he's currently in a wheelchair, and he's uh, at the age now where, uh, where at, during the time they looked around and said, you know, well, there's not really many parks, you know, that are kind of friendly and what's the future look like and never going to be able to play, you know, baseball and things like that. So, so Christian went home, cried himself to sleep and yeah, wallowed no, in sorrow, not right? Not at all. You know, no. he said, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create something, you know, we, we're creators, you know, we, we have the capacity to create many great things in life, you know, so you just have to figure out what is that passion. So that passion was, I want to see my son do things. I want to see my son be great. So when I heard that story, I, I immediately called him. Yeah, <laughs> as a stranger, and said, "Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you out." Um, and the rest is history. I, you know, didn't know how I was going to, uh, but I shared the story uh, with Abram and and Tom, my business partners, uh, we, and we were sold immediately. Yeah, was, as soon as he came in, I was like, "I was like, where do we sign?" I was right. like, "What do we yeah. do?" I was like, <laughs> "We want to know, help you." I didn't know what capacity, but these yeah. guys were just like, "Yeah, we we see it. You know, it's it's amazing." And we kind of went all in, and we're sponsoring um, the baseball field. You awesome. know, which is kind of coming full circle. Yeah. Um, so it's a passion for me because my son, uh, he's autistic. So there's, you know, special needs for him. 
when he's on a playground as well. And there's things like, you know, he can't go on a baseball field and, and just play baseball. Right. It's just, it's not in the cards for him at the, at the moment, you know, but do, through these leagues that we're creating at the field, he'll be able to do that, you know? So, awesome. so yeah, I mean, this is, it's become a part of life as far as giving back. Um, you know, I've helped out with, uh, you know, a veterans nonprofit, uh, hero sports. I, I think we're going to be able to, uh, Talk to Mike Barker, my buddy, pretty soon on this, and uh, you know he goes around the country and they play uh, baseball and softball and do hunting and things like that, awesome. uh, just to keep a lot of the disabled vets busy. You know, Very it's cool. important for them to, uh, you know, to 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 be able to do things with with the other guys because that's kind of like the the mentality of camaraderie. You, you can't lose that and then come back from overseas after you know uh, suffering some kind of uh, disability or PTSD without getting in, inside your own head. Sure. You know, so there's a lot of uh, cool things that happened, you know, after that, that, like I said, I just jumped in and said, yeah, let's do it. We'll figure it out. I don't know. I've never done this before, but, you know, you know, you just take the time and you use your, you know, network and, and you figure things out. Yeah. That purpose is so, you know, that purpose driven life, right, of how do we give back? How do we make more of an impact seems to be where success always circles back to. Right. Um at least for the people that I've had in my lives. I mean, I think, you know, we all, you know, people want nice cars and nice things and nice vacations and all those things. But, you know, being able to give back into nonprofits and being able to sponsor, you know, a baseball field where disabled kids are going to be able to play for decades to come. I mean, what a what a great story. Absolutely. You know, so getting back to the to the definition of, you know, the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. It doesn't sound like a lot of our successes, mine included, are tied to a dollar amount or to a business objective necessarily, right? It's about growth. It's about okay. how can we give back? How can we do things like that? Um, you know, so in, personally, you know, Integrity Holdings has now tied a nonprofit into every commercial deal that we do. This year in 2020, Tom's River Field of Dreams is going to be one of those oh, nonprofits fantastic. that we give and build equity into a deal for them, last Perfect. year we uh, we tied a nonprofit from uh, from Kenya called the Blessings Project, and they're digging wells and they're saving girls out of sex slavery and they're doing all That's kinds amazing. of incredible things. We gave them a piece of equity of our last storage facility. It should relate to somewhere between three and four hundred thousand dollars of passive income for that nonprofit over the next five years. So. Now we get to do that in every deal that we do, which is incredible. It doesn't affect our investors' returns, right? Yep. It comes out of our end and we're happy to do it because that's, you know, I was meeting with an investor not too long ago and he looked at me and was like, well, why would you do that? What's the benefit to you? And uh, I said, well, there's no shortage of need in the world, right? And if we have the opportunity to be able to do something like this, um, it's way more than the business, right? It's way more than us. It's 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 about that purpose, what are we able to do with the money and success that we create? Because if we just sit on it, right, and go buy a 67 Mustang, which, hey, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to. Oh, well, of course. Know, <laughs> <laughs> I wear a 355. You guys are shopping for Christmas. But that's not the end all be all, right? That's not going to put you to sleep and make you feel good about yourself. So right. I'm excited to partner with you guys on the Tom's River Field of Dreams project m moving in the future. And hopefully these kids, after this is all built, don't have to pay f to go and join these leagues because of some of the income that we can bring exactly. into. So awesome. R really good stuff, guys. Um, you know, so I think the idea of success personally 
So this is, I'll rip this from John Maxwell. If you guys have read any John Maxwell books, he, he says that his definition of success is for the people that know him best to love him most. And, you know, I, I've stolen this from my father-in-law and I've applied it to my own life, my own marriage. I have three kids. I'm married 12 years. And, you know, he has taught me that the pyramid in life to keep a successful foundation is God first, your wife second, your kids third, your business after that. And my wife knows that she'll always be number two, but because she's number two, she'll never be number three. And I'm not saying that I do this perfectly yet, but I am aware of what it looks like and I am aware of when I fall short of it, right? I'm hyper aware of when I fall short of it because the kids haven't seen me for dinner. My wife feels like work might be winning. And when those things come up and we're honest about those things, she, you know, she's called me out plenty to say, Hey, I feel like work is winning right now. And at the end of the day, a successful life for me is where the business supports the family and supports my faith, not the other way around. What's the point if you're, if you're, you know, if you're working all these hours and you can't get them in, you know, so. Yeah. Right. And goes back to the gravestone, right? Like nobody ever says, man, I wish I spent more time at work. Right. Right. Yesterday I was uh, at school building gingerbread houses with my daughter. And I was like, (laughs) were you? (laughs) I mean, so I'm the class mom, which I love. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Like go over there and bang out some gingerbread houses and, you know, carve four hours out of your day to go and do that. And I know how blessed we are to be able to do that. Yeah, that's I know key. a lot of people that can't do that because yeah. of their schedule, right? They have to commute into the city or they're at work nine right. to five and they don't have the opportunity to do that. So I don't take that stuff for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we want to make sure that we're taking advantage of those opportunities. And, you know, when I walk my daughter down the aisle one day, I'll be able to say, man, I spent a lot of time with them growing up. And, right. You know, and I all just, those key moments. I made those made the time for it. So. Um, I, I like his definition of success, you know, for the people that know me best to love me most. And it also keeps things in perspective that the people that don't know me, that don't like me, I don't care. <laughs> right. It's the people that really do know me that right. really, you know, those are the people that I'm looking to gain their respect and their love. And how do I fulfill my own path in life with that level of success? So the business is definitely the tool, but not the end all be all. And I think we've all circled back to how to give back. And, you know, I think we've all found some good ways to do that, which is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I I, I think, you know, touching on what you said before, you know, with, you know, someone doesn't know you and they don't like you, who cares, right? And I think that's one of the issues that a lot of people get kind of sucked into, especially with, you know, from when we were growing up, there was no social media, you know, there was no Facebook, Instagram and anything like that. And now people are so tied to getting that next like. You know, and it's like, oh, my God, this person doesn't like me or they don't comment. And they're so absorbed into that world. But it's at the end of the day, it's like, are, th- are they hanging out? Do they know you personally? Yeah. You know, don't let it affect your life. It's not real. Exactly. Right. I mean, exactly. I have I have friends literally around the country and they, you know, we, we keep in touch via social media. But I think we have the benefit of not growing up with that attached to us. I, I feel bad 100%. for the kids now where they are, you know, there's a higher rate of depression now in, yeah. in teens because they're. So tied to... They're staring at their phone waiting for yeah. that like. They Who's just posted, like I didn't get a like yet. You know? Right. Yeah. That, it's just like, if I cut off the Wi-Fi right now, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously. <laughs> right. <laughs> do you know how to survive without Wi-Fi? Yeah. <laughs> I love it, right? Like, let's go out and play on a playground with the kids and let's yeah. go for bike rides and, you know, do all these different things. But so... I think we've covered a lot of ground today. I want to touch on a couple questions that I think are pertinent to 
our view of success and, and things like that. Sure. So let's go around the room and just talk about what do you think makes a person successful? Now we've defined it personally mm-hmm. and we, how, to, how to really achieve that, but what's it look like? You know, what do you think makes a person successful? Just some ideas that I threw out here, persistence, attitude, growth, orientation, learning, teachability, humility, driven, giving back. So, you know, when you look at somebody on the outside, what makes you go, man, I think they're a really successful human being? To me, you know, you, you walk up to somebody, you know, and they're they're happy, they're positive, and, and they're interested in you, you know, and it's not about me. Um, there's some, you know, people that, don't have that, that mindset at the, at the moment. Um, and I feel that, you know, they're probably the ones that might be wrapped up into um, success based upon money or, or, or things. Um, so, you know, if you can have a conversation with somebody and figure out like, you know, I think within like, you know, five or 10 minutes, kind of like what the, what the mentality is, um, because, you know, you're going to, you're going to talk about specific things, right? Not about like, you know, how big your house is or what kind of car you drive or, you know, like, you know, flashing a watch, you know, like those things. And, and those aren't necessarily bad things, you know, if they're your goals, but what else are you doing to help other people? If you're achieving those things and that's really what you want, and at the same time, you know, you're helping other people, then then amazing, you know, but if it's just about you, you know, I, I to me, that that isn't success because it's short term. You know, because you're gonna it's find temporal. Your, yeah, you're right. gonna find yourself lonely. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we can help inspire some other people to kind of reflect and say, well, what actually am I doing for my community? You know, like what else am I doing? Not just for me and my family, but for for other people. Am I doing something that could potentially build a legacy? You know, for my children. You know, and they can look back and say, like, you know, it just wasn't all about dad worked for uh, for money to buy things. You know, it was dad worked in order to create something maybe to even pass down to us or to help, you know, other people, you know, to me, you know, that's, that's a defining, uh, or definition of, hey, uh, of success. I think I like it, man. you don't want to, you don't want someone to, your kids to define you as be like, well, my dad worked all the time. Right. You know, you know, I never saw him, you know, he was a hard worker. He worked all the time. It's like, that's, that's your legacy. You just worked all the time. You know, I mean, working hard is definitely an integral part. You know, I think some people get stuck into this lazy mindset. Um, there's no short of it. I mean, you definitely got to work hard. But at the end of the day, you know, it's about what are you putting into the community? What are you doing, you know, to help grow yourself as a person? Because, you know, just going through the, the, the trenches and working at that job and just going through the motions of life. And it's like, all right, you're here one year, you're here two years, you go home, you do the same routine. It's like, where are you going with that? You know, ultimately, if you can volunteer, you know, even if you're not like we were talking about our faith, if you're not a church going person, if you're not, you know, into, you know, the type of faith that we are, you don't necessarily have to as long as you're helping people. Be kind. Yeah, there's no shortage of need in the world, right? You can go and help. It doesn't cost you a thing other than time, effort and energy a lot of times. And most times you get way more back. Yeah. Just that feeling. Firm believer on the paid forward, you know, yeah. be kind, paid forward, do what's right. You know, it's funny. I, I, I took my kids to see Frozen 2 recently. And uh, that's on my list this week. So yeah. I, wasn't, <laughs> I was like, oh, it was a good movie. It's a good kid's movie. It's a good kid's movie. But one of, the, one of the things that I always love about Disney movies is that they have a way of breaking down a very powerful message that kids can understand and grasp. And, you know, Mike, 
when my son, who's eight years old, he's going to be nine, and he understood the message. And the message that was in that movie was, if you don't know what the future is, the best thing you can do is do the next right thing. Do the yeah. next right thing. Sure. You know, they, so if you see someone that's in need of help, help them, you know. And, and ultimately, you doing that, I think it'll just help you grow as a person. And you growing as a person will help you achieve more in life. No, it's a great definition of it. I love it. Um, for me personally, what, what do I think makes a person successful? It, it's it's kind of everything that we've touched on. I mean, we keep going back to the same types of things. It's mindset. It's humility. It's, you know, do I feel the love, right, from those people? Or are they just self-centered? I mean, it's pretty easy now to figure out who my people are. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about as you grow as an adult, you get to decide who's in your circle, right? Yeah. You, right. If, you're, if you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with, then you should find really great people to spend time with, Absolutely. you know? And so I'm honored to be able to spend the time with you guys talking about this stuff. I'm excited over the next year or so that what we break down, I'm excited to talk about our failures, our successes, how we've overcome to get there, what we've learned along the way. Um, I know that we've all had some incredible mentors that we have a vision of success, not only in business, but both personally and marriage and nonprofits and all of those really important things and um, what those pillars of success will be. We can't wait to break it down for you guys as the audience so that you can apply some of these things to your lives. Also reach out to us whenever you feel led to. We're, We're happy to help. We're happy to share some experiences off air as well as on. So we just thank you for our listeners. Thank you for you guys. And uh, let's go find success. Absolutely, guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Finding Success Show. For more exclusive content and previous episodes, check out successradioshow.com. That's www.successradioshow.com.